Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. What a podcast we have for you today. Hello, I'm Brian Tripp, the host of Let's Go State, and this is a very special podcast for national girls and women in sports day. A roundtable discussion talking about female opportunities in athletics, especially intercollegiate athletics here at Penn State, and we're doing this discussion with some of the great leaders in their field, including Penn State's Deputy AD for Administration and External Operations, Brandy Stewart, the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Communications, Content, and Branding, Chris Peterson, head coach of the Penn State women's soccer team, Erica Dombach, and midfielder from the women's soccer team, Rowan Lappy. You're going to love this episode. What a great roundtable discussion this is for national girls and women in sports day. So without further ado, let's kick this off. Brandy, Chris, Erica, and Rowan are guests on this week's episode of Let's Go State. I think what's so great and so timely about this discussion, and we were just starting talking about this before we started the podcast, is if you look right now in women's athletics, women's basketball, the TV ratings, what Caitlin Clark has done with Iowa, and you have women's basketball leading into an NFL playoff game on national TV. The Women's Volleyball National Championship was on network TV this year. The women's national team in women's soccer for a long time, I think maybe the predecessor and the launching point for this softball, women's volleyball selling out a football stadium at Nebraska and the great ratings that it's gotten across the country. What a great time, I think, and we'll start from the administrator side, right? And someone who's experienced it in so many different levels. Brandy, what a great time for women's athletics, not just college athletics, but women's athletics in general. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to be able to be in a time where not only can you talk about and experience playing and watching women play sports in person, but now young girls being able to watch women playing sports across the the world is unreal. I mean, I remember being in the World Series at Florida State in the early 2000s, and my sister's friend getting some popcorn because she saw somebody she knew on TV (laughs) playing sports. And now that is a norm, and I love that we have normalized women competing in sport women being supported and competing in sport on a national level in a prime time way. I think it only continues to further foster young women and young girls wanting to compete and participate in sports. KP also going to have that softball perspective perhaps here. So we got a couple of softball players and a couple of soccer players here with us at the table today. That's right. I'll, um, I'll take the softball and the uh, basketball. I've worked with basketball long enough. Um, you know, I, I agree with Brandy. It's, it's now a time where, you know, there are so many people who support women's athletics, um, and women's athletics has created its own um, value to a university. Um, and when you look at, you know, as the NCAA goes out and looks at bidding their next, you know, their next set of championships, you know, women's basketball was certainly a big piece of that, um, getting on, on ESPN and, like you said, ABC and some of those types of things. You know, I look back at, like, growing up, there weren't women's sports on on television. You know, the WNBA was just starting when I was in in college. Um, and now to look at it, that it's something that like people tune into, people go to those games and all of those kinds of things. I think that really shows how many people you have like, you know, there's the WNBA sweatshirt that the orange sweatshirt with the white logo that Kobe Bryant wore. And it's yep. like, that is iconic and did so much for the women's basketball game. 
Um, you know, I think you all you see the success of um, women's soccer. Um, like you said, softball has all-time high ratings. Volleyball has had all-time high ratings. And so things are just continuing to, to grow and grow for women's sports. And, um, you know, it's a really exciting time as, as we continue down the path. It's interesting in the soccer community now because we are um, – I never thought I'd get to the, the period of time where I'd say back in my day. But, uh, <laughs> but it has changed so much. And one of the biggest changes that we see is um, now you have these youth players that are being coached by their moms who played the game. So instead of dad started the, the team and he started the league, now it's my mom is my coach. My mom played the game. My mom understands the game. And move over dad because mom's coming in and, and uh, she's bringing a wealth of knowledge and excitement excitement um, and uh, is the role model for these young girls and that they, that they can look up to and aspire to be. Mm-hmm. Rowan, you may not know it any other way that you're hearing them talk about years past. As you've grown up, is it natural just to see women in these positions and women's sports on these type of, with the type of exposure that it has? I mean, I definitely think like, you know, from the time I was five till now, it's, it's just exploded. Yeah. It's gotten absolutely crazy. But I mean, um, to coach's point, because she is my coach, uh, I mean, I grew up, my mom didn't even have the option to play soccer at her high school. So for me, like all the women that came before me, like I just feel so thankful to have that option. And ever since Title IX, like coming into place in 1972, like just getting to like, you know, have the freedom to choose what sport I want to play is just so crazy. And I'm so thankful for that because obviously that's not always how it was. And we're so fortunate to be in that position now. You're playing soccer now. What other sports did you play growing up? I played, well, I did gymnastics, wasn't great, just strong, really, so <laughs> had to skip that one, um, but the main ones were basketball, soccer, and lacrosse. And Ro, what what's, what other sport are you dabbling with right now? Uh, just dabbling with a little bit of boxing here and there. Um, like yeah, you know, as my little time to transition between schools, I got into boxing in Chicago a bit, so also dabbling in there. How'd you get into boxing? <laughs> I mean, I think that, like, so as soon as I went from Northwestern to Penn State, they were like interconference so I couldn't really train with them anymore which rightfully so so I had to kind of just find something in the off season and find some stuff to bide my time and still stay fit with so I ended up having one of the best women's boxing gyms that's ran by a woman uh, machine gun Shelly she's like a pro uh, pro fighter um, so it's a woman woman run gym so I ended up just you know popping in there one day I ended up getting a, a guy trainer but just the the culture there I was a little stronger than some of my some of the other girls that were doing it and but the support I felt from you know my my coach Jesus and I was sparring all the guys like it was just crazy though to be so respected and like appreciated in that community and I think that's part of the reasons like why I stuck with it and ended up you know I ended up having two fights got two dubs fortunately and I just stuck with it this is like a real thing oh yeah yeah (laughs) does that feel like the norm today where you, you feel comfortable and confident going into that type of setting? Because I think that's very symbolic of a lot of things, you know, that little example right there for a lot of things in college sports or in sports in general. I, I definitely feel the support. I think it's also the support in like all areas. It's it's not just sports. It's like it's off the field, like how you're doing, how's your mental health, like how's how's family, how are your academics, like it's just the all-encompassing support you feel from everyone that's connected to the program that I think is just, I mean, I've always felt that. And like I said, I, I'm so fortunate to feel that. Brandy, I see that's putting a smile on your face over yeah. there. It, well, like having been a student athlete and having been coached by my dad and, and my mom just kind of, you know, she watched because she didn't play sports when she um, got to high school because there were no real opportunities for her to do that. 
like listening to Rowan, it just, it warms my heart. That's why I decided to do what I do, right? Is because people that were administrators when I was a student athlete poured into me as a young woman to be strong and to be courageous and to be empowered to be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel the same type of obligation to show the young women and men that we serve here as administrators at, at Penn State of like, we are all people at the end of the day. We played sports. We've done all kinds of things in our lives. Some of us are parents. Some of us are, are family members who take care of family members. But like at the end of the day, for them to see us as also people who were one, you know, at one point in time, former student athletes, and give them options of all of the different things that they can do. Like I'm sitting here listening to Rowan, and I'm thinking like, she can play professional soccer. She can be an administrator. She can be a businesswoman. She could be a professional, like whatever it is that you want to do, professional boxer, all of the things. (laughs) But it's so important that, that our young men and women but specifically since we're talking about National Girls and Women in Sports Day, and I, I mentioned men because we need to have champions and continue champions yep. of women in these spaces and places. But, like, it's so important for them to see all of the things that they can be mm-hmm. and that you don't have to be boxed in. If you want to be a coach, you can still be a mom and an entrepreneur and all of these things. You were surrounded by so many powerful women you all are very, very lucky in our soccer program to have that. And I'm so glad to hear you share that in your response. So that's what the smile was for. And you look across campus and all the women's teams that are led by female head coaches, President Ely Bendapudi here at Penn State, Mm -hmm. administrators like we have right here at this table. Rowan, you have examples of women in roles that many may aspire to one day. Brandy, Erica, KP, did you have women in those roles or, or did you have men in those roles? Like who served as mentors for you and what was that dynamic like? Well, without a doubt, um, going to college in the 90s, my all of my coaches, all the administrators were men. And uh, as Brandy talked about, they were champions of women and that mm-hmm. is important. Um, but I would say right down to the coach, it was, you know, you look across the board, even when you're looking to, to choose a school, you're looking at all men's coaches. And, and certainly there's been a significant shift, um, but there's still a lot of work to do in that area. Um, but it's an exciting time because to Brandy's point, um, you can now balance um, being a mom, but you do need to see others doing it. And you could be a mom and you could be a coach or administrator, um, but you do need a village. And uh, you do need to understand that um, it's important for your sons or daughters to see you in that role and to, to really flourish in that role because you're supported by the people around you, whether they're men or they're women. Um, but it's really important as women to understand that, that that's an important part in society, uh, that we can be moms and we can be pulled in that direction while still being excellent in our profession as well. KP, I know you felt probably that in, in your role, being the spokesperson for Penn State football and working with Coach Franklin, when you had that opportunity, there weren't many females in Division One Power Five conferences having the opportunity that you had. Yeah, no, I'm, when I took over uh, Penn State football in 2015, um, I think I was one of about a dozen uh, females who were in in that position, and I was lucky enough. One of my mentors, Sue Edson, who works at Syracuse, um, she was in that position, so I could call her and I could say, like, Sue, how do you handle like going into the locker room? What is that like? Yeah. You know, how do you handle this? And and all things that I can't go ask, you know, my male boss. I mean, because he's like, I can just walk into the locker room. What do you mean? You know, and um, so I, I think that was something for me that that opened my eyes. I was fortunate enough that my college coach was a female. Um, so she, she did, um, 
you know, lay out some, some of what that, that could be like and what you could aspire to, um, from that perspective. But I do think, you know, I don't have children, but just being around, um, you know, coaches who do, I, you know, I admire, um, you know, what they do and how they can juggle, um, their children and the amount of effort it takes to be a division one head coach. Um, but I also think what is terrific is, um, you know, the girl dad movement, Yep. And all of that, you know, Jason's awesome with his his two girls. Uh, but, you know, I think that girl dad movement, as we talk about National Girls and Women's Sport Day and Champions for yep. Women, like that has made a huge difference um, as we look at, you know, at college athletics and athletics as a whole. Because, you know, I think there were probably times like when my dad had two daughters, it was like. Oh, I had two daughters. Like my dad never acted that way, but like, <laughs> but like, I'm sure, you know, there was part of him that was like, Oh, I don't have a boy to like carry on the name and play sports with. And then, you know, it turns out that, you know, I play college softball and my sister is extremely athletic. That is something that has made a huge mm -hmm. difference in, um, you know, girls and women because they do have those men who support them on a regular basis. And I know Rowan and Brandy have a respect for the history, but Erica and KP, you can probably talk a little bit more about it. At Penn State, that's something that's always been in place here. And you look as a, a leader in Title IX, a leader in women's college athletics, going back to strong female leaders and then male administrators and coaches who have always been champions to that point. At Penn State, there's that rich tradition and history. It's always been a leading institution in this discussion. It's not like, why are they talking about this all of a sudden? This is this is not new news to those who have followed Penn State for decades. Yeah, no, it, I mean, Penn State Athletics was one of the first um, to embrace women's college athletics. Um, you know, everybody was celebrating, you know, 50th anniversary of Title IX. Well, we had celebrated the 50th anniversary of women's athletics, you know, a number of years ago. We're coming up. This is the 60th year of women's athletics at Penn State. You know, next year we'll celebrate the 60th anniversary uh, as we have. So Penn State was always very much at the forefront. And in my 18 years at Penn State, I, I do look at, um, you know, when I got here, we had, um, you know, Rini Portland was here. Um, you know, Paula Wilkins was the women's soccer coach here. Robin Petrini was the, the women's, uh, was a softball coach. And we had a lot of women um, already in those positions and, and you look at people like Sue Sheets and Charmel Green and Ellen Perry those people Della Durant those are the people who we all are on the backs of because they came in and they were like this is how Penn State Athletics is going to run we are going to have we're not going to have a women's athletics department like everybody else in the country did or a lot of places in the country did we're going to have an athletic department and women are going to be part of it and we're going to champion women and make sure that they have all the opportunities that men do. So it's it's really special to be at a place like this, especially as a female. And I, and I think you, you don't have to look any further than what happened with the women's soccer program when they did start it in the early 90s. This program's 30 years old, and it's been to the NCAA tournament 29 times. And, and you know, a huge part of that was obviously the support when they decide to start something, just like women's hockey as of late. Mm -hmm. um, they support it in a way to be champions and support these student-athletes in, in every area that Roe was talking about. Um, you know, and, and I think that that was, that was the vision of – our athletic director and, and the president at the time is if we're going to do it, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it the Penn State way. And I think that that that, that has shown. Rowan, mentors for you. Influences, greatest influences in your athletic and academic endeavors. I mean, I've been touched by so many people. It's so hard to just nail down a couple. But I mean, you brought up the girl dad topic. And I think, you know, both my parents, but especially my dad, I think that I owe him a lot for 
raising both me and my sister. We have two girls in our family. So, you know, he never for like one minute was like, oh, I wish I had boys. But he just and he also didn't raise us girls to be boys. Like he raised us to be Rowan and my sister to be Kira. And we got to pursue whatever we wanted to pursue. And he wasn't like, you know, easy on us, maybe just because we were girls like in sports or like he treated us like he would have treated anybody. And like, I think he facilitated just a culture of hard work in our family, like not just being an athlete, but being a good person, like having good values, but also, you know, like first and foremost too, pursuing, pursuing an academic career and, and making sure that, you know, you are set up for life. And I also think I owe it to both my parents, like my mom and my dad to, you know, coming down and being like, the reality is, is you are a woman. And there are some things in life that you're going to face that, you know, like my dad stepped up was like, I, I didn't face those. Um, but he's like, you will face some more challenges. And he's like, that's, it's unfortunate, but sometimes it is the reality, but how can we best support you and like help, help you navigate this to like get what you want out of life and for you to pursue your dreams. And I think that they always just set me up no matter if it was soccer and like driving me to training an hour and 15 minutes from the middle of nowhere PA where I live to, you know, like making sure I was in the hardest classes and, and getting the support I needed. Um, you know, they were always just there to, to support whatever we were going to tackle. Um, and I think that, you know, I owe it to them and they've always been my role models too, because, you know, my mom pursues what she wants and has her own interests as well as my dad. And I think that, you know, they've just been a massive influence. What's the best advice that you've received in navigating? You don't want to have a challenge. You don't want to have those road bumps, but those, that adversity makes everyone stronger. What's the greatest advice that you've received in navigating any challenges that you may encounter? I mean, I think it all come like, you know, my family, one thing is like the truth will always set you free. So I think that, you know, following your own compass and, and figuring out what that means to you is, is very big in our family, but also just, just hard work. I think that, you know, blue collar, that's one of the reasons why I did want to come to Penn State. My dad's an alum from here as well, but I mean, coach setting up one of our pillars to be blue collar mentality. I mean, that, that just means everything to me. And I think that, you know, it, you don't always have to be hard nose and do that with everything in life. Like obviously there's some strength and vulnerability too, but I think, you know, just, just working hard being blue collar, especially if you are a woman facing some of those challenges and, you know, I'm 22, so I haven't gotten to all those yet and stuff, but I think <laughs> just having the ability to, you know, come back to, to those roots and, and the hard work to get the job done. And Ro, one of the things that we talked about this fall and one of the reasons why you inspire me is when you walked in the office and you advocate for yourself. And I think that's probably a lesson that you learned from your parents as well is um, you walked in and unapologetically talked about your value to this team. And that uh, that's a learned skill. That's something that your dad talks about that maybe, uh, you know, that could have been a disadvantage, but you decided to run into the storm and you decided to go to to walk in and look me in the eyes and head on and have difficult and challenging conversations. And I I do think that is tough for men and women alike, um, but particularly tough for women. And I think that you you knocked it out of the park. And uh, I admire you a lot for that, for those moments. Thank you. When you, Brandy, hear one of the programs on campus that you work with mm -hmm. have that type of accountability, ownership, mm -hmm. culture within the locker room, yeah. to know that it's gone from every level, what does that, what kind of thoughts does that provoke? I mean, it's just... It's also why I'm here, right? Like, I I came to Penn State, Pat called me, and I took the job sight unseen. Um, and a lot of that had to do with him, and uh, I know that he is a champion of all people. Um, I met him when I was a deputy in SWA at a previous institution, and the way that he empowered our SWA room was really, really important. 
So alignment in this business is really crucial, right, to success for everybody. And um, the success of the sport programs here at Penn State and of the student athletes who graduate um, is not on accident, right? There's yeah. a lot of intentionality that goes on um, within the programs and within the department and the institution at large. And so to just, I, I get to I get to watch it every day, right? I get to see it. So it just makes my heart full and my heart happy because you're around people who also value the same things that you value. And there's a lot of alignment in treating people well and telling the truth and leading with a compass, right? But then there's also value in learning how to be strong and learning how to be respectful and learning how to advocate for yourself. Because while what we do in these four or five years that these student athletes are here is critical to your growth, it's who you're able to become once you leave here that really tells the tale of your experience and all of the things and the lessons that have been shared. So I always like to think of like student athletes when they come in, they are who they've been with their family and their friends, but who they are while they're here is truly a product of their environment that's created. And um, in part of my role, I got to um, help assign sport administrators. There's no accident that I was the sport administrator for women's <laughs> soccer um, because of, and like the tradition of success is, is great, right? Yep. It's nice to be around people who, who win and who know how to win, but the tradition of accountability and transparency and growth mindset is even more important to me. And, and Erica and her staff embody that every single day in everything that they do. So to have that opportunity to work with Erica and her staff and her student athletes, like who would pass that up? Probably not a mistake that KP is with softball as well with her affinity and knowledge and skill <laughs> in the sport. Your softball team. I'm not team, sure about skill, but what, what, runner up this summer in the, in the local softball league. We, or? We, 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 yeah, we do. Um, you know, Brandy, we stacked the deck a little bit and then unfortunately <laughs> Women's soccer had to have their opener on our championship game, so Brandy left us, and we lost the game. Um, so, but we won. But you won. Yes. You did win. So, so we all won in some way. It was way. actually yeah. tied. It was North Carolina. Um. Shots fired. Shots wow. fired. Wow. Wow. That's what happens when you have Whoa. somebody with a communications person sitting next to you. They can't help themselves. It's true. They can't. But details. I want to follow up on that. And how rewarding, it's funny, I was just recording a Pink Zone podcast earlier today with Jen James, and we started talking about some names that have come through the Lady Lion basketball program, and she brought up Julia Tregell, who, mm -hmm. who is a great story. To see student-athletes go on, and she's talking about setting up for success after 10, 15, 20 years that you've interacted with and worked, back, worked with, come back and realize what their professional dreams may have become, uh, what they've accomplished in their careers, maybe outside of athletics, family, kids. Mm -hmm. How rewarding is it? down the road to see the lives that you've touched during your time at Penn State? You know, it's, and obviously I have a different relationship than like Erica yeah. would with her student athletes, um, you know, being as a communications person for women's basketball for nine years and then now in a sport administrator role with softball, it's, it's so fantastic to, like you said, Julia Tregell, you know, she went and got a law degree and, um, you know, she's got three kids and, and her husband who was a basketball player here, Andrew Jones, like he's an NBA coach and, um, you know, Brianna O'Rourke has a few kids and she's now pursuing broadcasting and just watching um, these student athletes um, excel outside of Penn State um, and finding their dreams, like you said, uh, is really special when you get the text message like, 
hey, I just got engaged or, you know, here's a wedding invitation. Like those are the things that do like hit you. Like Erica just made a little, <laughs> a little emotion, but, but it's true. Like it's, it does it like it warms your heart because you know, you've had an impact on these people. Um, you know, and, and whenever they come into town, they're like, Hey KP, are you going to be around? Like, um, I know we're talking women, but like Jordan Lucas just rejoined yep. our, our football staff and I came out of my office today and he was filling out some paper. He was like, there's my girl. Like he was just like <laughs> so excited to see me. Cool. I was excited to see him, um, you know, and so I think it's like the impact that we can have mm-hmm. on our student athletes as they move on in their in their careers postgraduate um, and staying in touch with them is just so, so important and um, something that's really, really special. I think a great way to wrap it up. And we talked about men's sports a little bit and it's always something, you know, the stereotype of women's athletes. But again, same thing. We were talking with the, the men's lacrosse team yesterday and Coach Tambroni. We asked him, what's the how would you describe Coach Tambroni? And the two words were intensity and then compassion or vulnerability. You know, compassion and vulnerability, I think naturally someone, the perception stereotype, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna associate that with women's sports. But to hear that with men's sports, you know, I think that kind of brings everything full circle where there is that connection between all teams, all programs, genders, it's all the same. And I feel like that's a really unique shift that's happened in the dynamic of the way sports, athletes, coaches, uh, mental health, those things are perceived from a national landscape. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I think as administrators, our job is to foster and cultivate an environment where we are really growing people right? Holistically, what do you need to be successful as a human being? Winning in your sport is a byproduct of a lot of things, but at the the crux of that and the foundation is, how did they treat me as a person? Do I feel like I belong here? Do I feel like they care about me? And so that's really important for all of us. And I think that for all of our student athletes, it's important for them to see how each of us show up in our spaces um, and how we're authentically ourselves, right? And so descriptives I, I think are, are traps right because yep. you can be a lot of different things but um, who you are and how you show up is the most important thing and we're all different and we're showing all of our student athletes that they can be different too and still be successful and still come together for a common purpose so I mean that's what I take away from from being an administrator I'm actually not a like sports fan like I'm not a historian you can't tell you couldn't ask me who played something 20 years ago, I mean, unless it's an obvious answer, but I continue to do this work because as a former student athlete who hated school, but learned to appreciate education and what it can get (laughs) for you in life, I love and appreciate the marriage between intercollegiate athletics and higher education and all of the opportunities that it brings, the people you get to meet, the exposure that you get to have, and the way that it can set you up for success in life. So I think all of those things are important for every one of our student athletes and to be a female and a minority female in this position to, to be a role model is, is icing on the cake. We had an open spot on my trivia team, not asking you. No, Rowan, I want to have you put the, the final words on this to hear their perspectives. I thought, you know, this was a great back and forth to get your take, the reaction of everyone at this table but your takeaways from sitting in this room and the conversation that occurred over the last 25, 30 minutes. No, I mean, I think it was a great conversation as well, but you know, I said this at the beginning and I'll say it again now. I mean, I just feel so blessed to be able to go do what we do every day and, you know, just get to go train and and have a place where 
we can show up and be authentically ourselves as women, but as people and, you know, have as much resources devoted to us as, as do the men. But also, you know, I think it is part, you know, the, the scales were a bit tipped with men and women's sports where I actually think it's twofold. I think one, it's, you know, men, they had the intensity and stuff, but maybe some of the emotional side of things got completely overlooked. And I think on the women's side, there wasn't as much respect or intensity given to each sport. And we were just seen potentially as more emotional people, which I think now it's just amazing to see the kind of like the marriage of the two and, and the scales are kind of evening back out. And it's, you know, we're not looking at it as men's and women's sports. Cause I think in my opinion that they're separate categories, you know, like we're not looking at two basketball games and being like, Oh, well that's different. Well, it should be different. We're women and then there's men. So each sport is has its own nuances and complexities and there are different categories. But I also think it's just so cool to be in a place like Penn State where you're just looked at as a person. You know, it's not men or women. It's it's just, you know, we play the sport. Like I play soccer, so I'm a soccer player. I'm not necessarily always a woman soccer player. That's a part of it, but I get to just be me. And I think that, you know, these people here before me today, like they they were some of the people that paved that path and like I said, I'm just so fortunate to be a part of it. Thank you. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Everyone, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you.